Good morning, everybody. I'm Pastor Sam Gutierrez. I'm excited to preach on this Pentecost Sunday. I think I preached Pentecost maybe even last year, too. So for some reason, Stefan doesn't want to preach about Pentecost. I don't know why, but I keep ending up. But I'm excited because um, this is actually, there are major feast days in the Christian calendar. You're probably familiar with the first two. Christmas is the first, second, Easter, and Pentecost is the third. And I often think Pentecost is the forgotten um, feast day. And I think in part because we don't really know what to do with the Spirit. There's something kind of mysterious, something we don't really understand, and so um, it often kind of gets forgotten. But I'm excited that we're going to celebrate it today and talk. We're going to be looking at John 14, verse 1 through 17, and then 25 through 27. That can be found in your pew Bible, page 1235 in your pew Bible. Of course, it's going to be on the screen, and you can follow along in your favorite Bible app as well. There's uh, different ways to preach on Pentecost. Oftentimes, it's uh, the beginning chapters of Acts when the actual Spirit comes. Uh, But Jesus talks a lot about the Holy Spirit in the gospel, so we're going to be focusing on what Jesus says about the Holy Spirit in John 14, verse 1 through 17, and then 25 through 27. Jesus says this, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God? Believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? even after I've been among you such a long time. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. If you love me, keep my commands. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. 
All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Every year, the U.S. government uh, draws from Social Security records and then lists the most popular names every year. You can find this on various websites. Do you want to hear the five most popular boy and girl names in 2021? Let's see. Here we go. Girls, Olivia, Emma, Charlotte, Amelia, and Ava were the most popular names. For boys, it was Liam, Noah, Oliver, Elijah, and James. Those are pretty good names. Let's go back 100 years, 1921. What were the five most popular boys and girls' names? Maybe you know some of these folks. Maybe these are your parents or your grandparents. Mary, Dorothy, Helen, Betty, and Margaret. Those are good names, too. And for the boys, Robert, John, James, William and Charles. You know, think about names this week. I kind of went online and I'm looking at celebrity baby names. You ever done this? I'm not going to tell you whose parents have these children, but I just want to read you the kids' names. Okay, ready? Apple, Blue Ivy, Jupiter, North, Crew, and my favorite, Thunder. That's pretty cool. Stephanie, you missed out. You could have, could have named one of the boys Thunder. Thunder DeWitt. Could have been great. Um, talking about names as well, just think about this week. I don't know if you know, but I, I've known um, people who've named their houseplants. You ever know anyone who names their houseplants? I once knew a succulent named Gertrude. And uh, surprisingly too, maybe not surprisingly, we often will name our cars like White Lightning or Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, or The Love Bug, or Ecto-1. It's pretty fun. And of course, we name our pets. So this past week on Facebook, I asked you to list your pet and what kind of living creature it was. And reading the list of names on our Facebook page was great entertainment. I don't know if you read it. So these are the names of your pets. Maybe the first time your pet has ever been mentioned in a sermon. This is the order that they appeared on Facebook. Ernie, Chica, Murphy, Clara, Flash, Cow, the dog. Cow is not a cow, Cow the dog. Franklin, Derp the cat, Bjorn, Scout, Cooper, Gunner, Shelby, Casper, Sadie, Gus, Cappuccino, Boomer, Ruby, Mo the Snail, which is short for slow-mo, uh, Piggy, Scout, Daisy, Oreo, Ladybug, Tyrannosaurus Rex, uh, Triceratops, both dogs, not dinosaurs, uh, Lacey, Otter, Tigger, Tabby, Maddie, Oliver, Remy, Brazil, and a trio of ducks, Kip, Pedro, and La Fonda. Names, names. 
Whether we just like the way they sound or it's a family name passed down, actually I'm Samuel III, uh, my grandpa uh, is Samuel and then my dad is Samuel and I'm Samuel. So whether it's a name kind of per- passed down through the generations, um, yeah, names matter. Names matter. They carry significance. Sometimes they're silly, sometimes they're fun, but names are important. And to the Hebrews, uh, a name was not just a label or a tool to distinguish one person from another. A person's name was viewed as the equivalent to the person themselves. So a person's name signified their, their worth, their person, their character, their reputation, their authority, and their will. Fifty days, fifty days after Jesus rose from the dead, the Spirit was poured out on the believers. And you can read that story like I mentioned in Acts chapter 2. Those early believers may not have expected it that morning, but Jesus had promised that after he had ascended into heaven, he would send the Spirit. Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. In the Gospels, places like our passage this morning, John 14, Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit in an attempt to prepare his disciples, to get them ready. And so Jesus, in our passage this morning, I don't know if you noticed, but Jesus uses different names to talk about the Holy Spirit. And so this morning, we're going to look at three different names found here in John uh, chapter 14. Two of them are obvious, and one of them is a bit more subtle. And my hope this morning is by exploring these three names, we can better understand and open our hearts to the Holy Spirit on this Pentecost Sunday. Okay, name number one. You may have heard this one before. It comes from John 14, verse 16. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. That word advocate, you've heard that before? In Greek, it is paraclete, paraclete. And what's really interesting about that word is it's really not found anywhere else in the New Testament. In some ways, it's kind of John's unique word. It's actually a word that can hold a constellation of meanings, such as intercessor, mediator, advocate, and helper. And because of these many meetings of this unique word, in the past, sometimes this word has been translated comforter. You ever heard that translation? It's actually pretty common to the King James Version, comforter. Um, It's actually not the best translation of paraclete, but you can understand to the benefit of the translators, it does speak to the effect of having such a powerful advocate as it brings comfort. The most literal meaning of this word that John uses to describe the Holy Spirit is paraclete, and it means one who is alongside. One who is alongside. The idea actually comes, John borrows the word from like a court setting. So the idea is the one who stands alongside an accused person in court, an attorney or a counselor in that sense. But in John 14, the words borrowed from the courtroom and then taken outside the courtroom to simply mean the one who is beside you, or, here's another way to put it, your constant companion. The Holy Spirit is your constant companion. 
What's interesting here is that Jesus says that he'll send another paraclete, meaning that Jesus himself is also a paraclete. So when Jesus ascends into heaven, he sends another helper. And so then Jesus fulfills his promise not to leave them or us alone or abandoned. So if you pause for a moment this morning and think about just how wonderful and amazing that is. God is with you. God is with you. Every moment of your life, you're never alone. There's something so mysterious about it that God is with us in every circumstances of our lives. He's with us in, to borrow the words of Psalm 23, in every green pasture, and he's with us in every dark valley. In fact, this afternoon, if you have a spare moment, you may just want to ponder that for a while, reflect on that, that you are never alone, that God is with you, and God wants to be with you, and God is here to help. He is the helper. What's interesting, though, a little bit without, about that is I was reading this, this week various uh, commentaries. There was a scholar and Bible commentator, Chelsea Harmon, who pointed out that um, she says this, the gift and presence of the Holy Spirit is first and foremost a plural or a communal gift. In verses 14 through 17, every time Jesus uses the word you, it's plural. And the same thing goes for verses 25 and 27. So this is, so I kind of translate a little bit. So when Jesus is talking, he's thinking about a plural you. Yes, Jesus is with you, but he's also with you all of us together. So here's another way that you might think about it, using the plural you. This is Jesus. All this I have spoken while still with you all. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach all of you together all things and will remind the community of everything I have said to you all. Peace I leave with all of you. My peace I give all of you gathered together. I think sometimes in our culture we can individualize passages and always think that they're talking about the individual. And I think Jesus is talking to the individual. We get to remember, too, that Jesus is speaking to a community of believers. Okay, so the Holy Spirit, the first name, advocate, the one who is alongside, the constant companion. Here's the second thing, the spirit of truth. Jesus says this, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. I read this week, someone pointed out that the spirit teaches, the spirit teaches us in two different ways, forward and backward. Forward and backward. First, let me talk about backward. The Spirit reminds us and reminds all of us together of what Jesus said when he was among his first disciples. A mentor once told me that a great spiritual discipline is to memorize Scripture. I don't know if you've ever memorized Scripture. It's a great practice. Since the work of the Spirit is to remind us of the words of Jesus... And to even broaden that out, the words of God, 
Memorizing scripture, once my mentor told me, gives the spirit something to work with. Let me give you an example. A number of years ago, I memorized Psalm 19. It's not that long. Even you could do it, for sure. I had spent two or three weeks slowly repeating the psalm to myself, letting it slowly trickle down into the depths of my heart and in my mind. You have to spend a lot of time with the psalm. So Psalm 19 spent quite a few weeks trying to memorize it. And then I forgot about it, moved on to something else, moved on to spiritual, other spiritual disciplines. Uh, years later, I was on a bike ride in early summer. It was a sunny afternoon, and I took my bike from the shed and headed out on a long bike ride. And then slowly the trail rose, and I found myself overlooking the most beautiful green valley filled with trees and a meandering river. The sky, you know sometimes when the sky is like so blue, that's how it was that day. Sky was expansive, it was blue, and there was just a few fluffy white clouds drifting along. I'm riding my bike and I'm looking over this vista. Suddenly, surprisingly, the first few verses of Psalm 19 came pouring out of my memory. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. As my legs propelled the bicycle up the side of the hill, more and more the psalm came out. There's no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the earth. Thinking back on that moment now, the most surprising part of that afternoon was discovering that the words of Psalm 19 were quietly stored in my heart. They were just waiting there, ready at a moment's notice, for the Spirit to grab a hold of and then give me words of praise that captured so perfectly what I was experiencing. The Spirit reaching back, grabbing the words of God and reminding me the Spirit of truth. But the Spirit of truth also aids us going forward. The Spirit of truth guides us in God's ways. It is to walk in the truth, to walk in the way of Jesus. It seems like one of the ways that the Spirit leads us forward, surprisingly, is by reminding us of the past, the words of Jesus again. We recall the past in order to walk faithfully into the future. All right, the third one. This one's a little more subtle. I don't know if you picked it up. It's in those same verses. Let me read verse 16 again. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. Give, gift, Spirit, gift. I'm going to tell you a little story about a gift I received once, especially a gift I was not expecting. I think I told this story maybe once before, but it's good. When I was a student in college, I took a really hard philosophy class. I'd never taken any philosophy classes before, so I thought I would just jump into contemporary philosophy. Shouldn't be that hard, so <laughs> that's what I did. And there was a professor named John Vanderstelt who was just really, really brilliant, and uh, he was a tough but good professor. He expected a lot of us, and so I struggled the whole way through the semester. I was just really out of my league. Philosophy has its own language, 
just like a lot of different disciplines have their own language, and I was unfamiliar with the language of philosophy, so I was just trying to like wrap my mind around terms and words and phrases, as well as trying to like take hold of concepts. I was barely hanging on to a certain grade, so I had a grade in my mind that I really want. If I could just, if I could just pass this class with this grade, I would be like so happy. So I was trying to, I was holding on to this certain grade just by like a hair. And as I studied for the final, which was worth like an insane amount, it was like way, it was weighted way too much. I had this, I remember sitting in the library uh, and I had this sinking feeling that I was not going to do very well. You know how you're kind of like doomed and you know it? I was feeling doomed and I knew it. And I went into the room that afternoon where the test uh, was being given with fear and trembling. I, I just knew that my grade was going to sink. Everyone sat down at their assigned seat, and then the professor did something unexpected. He went to each student and kindly placed a blank piece of paper in front of them and said, don't turn this over until I tell you. Once all the pieces of paper had been handed out, the professor said, when you turn over that piece of paper, you will see your current grade in this class. If you are happy with that grade, then you don't have to take this final test. You can leave right now. I was like the flash. <laughs> there was like a dust ball behind me. I was just, I was out that door. I was so surprised. This was totally like not within his character. I was so happy. I remember like skipping back to my dorm room because I had been given this unexpected gift that was so, so good. Here in our passage, the Spirit is called a gift, that the Father is going to give the Spirit. Let me just conclude with these words. Today is Pentecost. Today we celebrate the giving of God's Spirit to empower the body of Christ. That's us. And Christians all over the world. To be the hands and feet of Jesus. So today kicks off what sometimes we call the second part of the liturgical year. A long stretch called ordinary time. And this long stretch uh, begins powerfully next Sunday when we celebrate Trinity Sunday, reminding us that everything we do, we do inside the life-giving dance of the triune God, the Father, Son, and the paraclete, the spirit of truth, the best gift ever given. As Jesus said, let me repeat the words. Let me remind you, let the spirit remind you, of what Jesus said. Friends, do not be afraid. You are not alone. We are not alone. The Spirit is walking beside us, beside you, every step of the way, moment by moment, shaping us into the image of Christ in order that we might bless the world. Let's pray. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, enter our lives. 
We say yes to you over and over again. Dwell within us. Empower us. Remind us of the words of Jesus. Lead us as we walk in the way of Jesus. Be our constant friend. Walk beside us. Help us. We need so much help every day. We thank you for being the gift that lives inside of us. We love you. We pray this in the name of Jesus.